This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the rent. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space. Be there, howdy. Closing up this week here on your other side of Texas. Thanks for tuning in and telling friends that you hang out here. What a week it has been. Some scoop coming up for you as we get into the program. Jay West Texas Leeson, if you would like to get into the program and you've got a great tweet, we'll take it 806-745-5800. That's 806-745-5800. Have a note here to remind you of that text line at the top of the next segment as well. We're broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash, voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations for the best wash around. Guaranteed. That's racerwash.com. Going to get into some Rager Gate and start with some Regent Gate. Also get into an anonymous mailbag that I think you'll enjoy. And there is a chance that the traveling state senator, Kel Seliger, out of Amarillo, joins us if he's available to discuss what's happened at Texas Tech. He is the higher education, uh, he's the chair of higher education in Texas, knows a little bit about regents and how they work at respective universities. His thoughts on what's transpired at Texas Tech, I don't believe we've had him on the program since that shadowy day there on August 9 and forward. Also, we're going to play for you some audio. There's not a lot new on the Rager gate front. That is until we get into it. But we want to reset from an interview that we did recently with Sarah Self Warbrick, who's covering this at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Not much has changed since a month ago. Justice rides a slow horse, as a texter to this program. You know, uh, go time for me a lot of times is after the kids go to bed, that's when you get into the conversations. People start calling, and uh, I'll start calling, trying to figure out the details of what's gone on, follow up on rumors that I've heard, as well as sourcing that I've heard. I try not to bring you sourcing unless it's from a very high source. I try to give it two or three before I go with it. And this is something that meets that qualification of two and three. And it's that. And we reported this earlier this week and tried to reach out to the governor's chief of staff, who we were told was making calls warning regents not to move on Rick Francis this week as chairman. Do not do it. Don't fold like a suit. Uh, that's me paraphrasing. But some of the regents did, and I'm trying to figure out how many right now, didn't care. And they went forward because they were getting tons of emails from, and maybe, I should say, maybe because. Uh, public pressure had built to a point that was not sustainable any further in the chairman going forward, and that a lot came down yesterday was the benchmarker, but before that, uh, leading into it, the writing was on the wall that some regents were uh, going to go in and force Francis's hand. And one regent uh, that led the charge, John Esparza, Esparza, excuse me, John Esparza, I'm told had a very candid conversation with Francis face-to-face 
and I'm paraphrasing, uh, Mr. Chairman, you will either go out on your own terms and make the announcement yourself, or I'll call the question publicly. That's what I'm told happened. And Esparza putting him on the spot, and apparently by the backing of a majority of the board, which would have to include folks who were in with Francis on whatever vote, whatever happened, that had suddenly switched sides. If there were, Lancaster yesterday told me there wasn't a vote that they went around the room. Well, whenever you go around the room, it's real easy to keep a mental tally of nine and the majority of the nine. So that following up on that, I want to get that. Was it a unanimous eight that stood there and said, Mr. Chairman, you've got to step down? Or was it just a few and the others fell in line and then got behind Lancaster at the pre the new Board of Regents chairman at, in the press conference? Because they were there. Uh, Lest, uh, well, without Rick Francis, but everyone else was accounted for standing there for the duration behind the new Board of Regents chairman, Tim Lancaster, out of Abilene. I said this yesterday, Hendricks Hospital in Abilene, a big enterprise there. Well, sh enterprise. It's a big hospital in the big country, the biggest in the big country and Lancaster has overseen it, and if I may say so, done so very well. And he's now your Board of Regents Chairman at Texas Tech. But it sounds like it took some confrontation and hair-lipping the governor in order for that to happen. Now, I want to move forward. Got, uh, I've got the mailbag to get into, and... I'm trying to decide if we're going to play the audio. We'll go ahead and do the mailbag now. Because I love the mailbag. So I get a message. Uh, Chris Level's on this program. I'm about to give a free plug to Red Raider Sports. Where I'm not very, I'm not real active. Uh, but I am a member of RedRaiderSports.com. Which means that you go in there and I'm leasing TTU. And I think it's pretty well, well, I my first post, I said, this is who I am. Uh, and there are several notable people who have, and not notable in that they put their names to it or they put their initials to their handles there on the website. But I get this message and I won't give up. Uh, the handle of the person who sent it to me, but it's this. And this came this morning. And they say, so, I've stayed on the sidelines on these threads. I'm curious to know where you get all your information. I'm somewhat tied into the situation and hear major conflicting statements to what you report. The lack of transparency from the Board of Regents and the university has been terrible, but you stoke the conspiracy fire every time you tweet, post, and uh, with every tweet, post, and story you make. Can you share any real information with me to make me believe you versus what I hear elsewhere? That from your anonymous mailbag. To which I responded and said, I'm not sure what to do with this other with this information other than to ask for a clarification. Are you asking me to give anonymous to give you an anonymous account, so far as I can tell, the identities of sources that have contributed to a storyline that to whatever degree has led to the resignation of a chairman of a major board of regents at a public Texas university and then claim I'm stoking a conspiracy fire because you may or may not have connections? If I've got that correct, are you sure you understand what you're asking here? 
And so I've thought about that over the course of the day. And I've decided that here I'm going to respond in the anonymous mailbag and do so publicly and give up my sources for my conspiracy stories and the things that have just stoked fires and that according to anonymous accounts have uh, have stoked all sorts of conspiracy and, and fires because they're well connected. So without further ado, I want to name some of the sources that I have used in Regent Gate to bring these stories to you, all based on sources. And that list includes, but is not limited to, uh, first of all, I have to give Alex Jones some, some credit here. Alex Jones has been a great source of mine. You think I am like, oh, shocked by it, so I'm up here bashing it because I don't like gay people? I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! Do you understand that? Yeah, thank you, Alex. crap! And that's what every phone call with me and Alex Jones sounds like. And you should hear what he has to say about the regents. And I really thank Alex Jones, my first source, for, um, for contributing to the work that we've done with Regent Gate. The second is the, the late-night infomercial. You know her as the tarot lady. I know her as a trusted source in all things Texas Tech. Uh, she takes time during the day to talk with me, turn the cards, and tell me what's going on with Regent Gate there, anonymous mailbag guy. And, and thirdly, uh, he's, he's not as available as he once was, but I would like to thank Bill Cosby for contributing to uh, all of our information that we've gathered in Regent Gate, and as well as uh, Pee Wee Herman. You may not be able to see him very often. He's not in the Playhouse much anymore, but he's very much on top of the situation at Texas Tech, as is the psychic that I consult off of Mac Davis Drive in Lubbock, who knows a thing or two, a very trusted source in our Regent Gate uh, coverage here on the show, Creflo Dollar, when he's not in his plane, and even when he's in his plane, he's able to, to text and to call and to let us know uh, what, uh, what is going on at Texas Tech University, as is the guy who sells pills behind the Jaguar Club. Always glad to go see him and get the latest scoop on what's going on at Texas Tech. Somebody still very involved, a trusted source with our Regent Gate coverage, Tommy Tuberville. Uh, really appreciate him. Uh, lots of information, and some of that given in the bathroom there at uh, the 50-yard line. He sneaks in, and he knows the place very well. He's scouted it out. He's gone out a window once or twice. Appreciate Tommy Tuberville. And last but not least, Benny Judah, who who's corresponding with us, knows Lubbock very well, and knows the landscape. So to the question about where we get our information that is conspiratorial, uh, the the anonymous mailbag says uh, and uh, information that disagrees with his very or her very well connected sources. Uh, th- there you got our list from Alex Jones and the Tarot Lady to Tommy Tuberville and Benny Judah, and I just want to thank all of them for sourcing great stories. And I thought it was important to come out publicly and tell you where we get our information. And and I would be remiss not to say that it included them as well as very well-placed, high-placed in multiple sources within the university. Uh, but uh, it's that first group that deserves the most credit for uh, what we've written and uh, whatever it gained in helping make something right that was very wrong. And Pee Wee, you know, he, he wanted us to meet him in a theater. I thought that was a little off. Uh, and then whenever the guy selling pills at, behind the Jaguar Club wanted me to meet Pee Wee at the theater, I thought maybe something was wrong. And then whenever, on top of all that, uh, man, whenever you got Bill Cosby wants to meet you there as well, then, you know, I, I would rather not meet with those three. Um, so... 
some texts to get into. Thanks for listening to Anonymous Mailbag. Going to get in with some Sarah Self Warbrick, get you caught up on. We take a break from Regent Gate. We'll see. Uh, Esparza, you do it publicly or, or you do it and handle it your way or we'll handle it our way. That's an unsung hero here. I think probably the first time we brought up Esparza, other than noting that he was within the four of the vote that wasn't a vote. More to come here on other side of Texas. Going to get in with uh, some Regent Gate and then move on into, hey, what about the sod poodles in Amarillo? Is this a story that nobody's catching right now? that the next baseball team could be the Sod Poodles in Amarillo. Plenty to say about that as well. Stick right with us here as we roll along. This episode of The Other Side of Texas be back in a couple of minutes. All I know is you gotta keep trying. Gotta let down and keep from The only sure thing is Texas and And you love it makes a living worthwhile. Welcome back in Title One, Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company makes this segment profitable, can make things profitable for you as well. Title One committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com, the other side, text line. A couple of things to get into here. Uh, The other four um, cowards need to go. And uh, the reference there being that, that Francis was one of the five who voted out or ousted. That's just the better word. Ousted Bob Duncan. Uh, I was told yesterday again that there was no vote, but everybody goes around the table and gives their thoughts. So it's real easy to get to five in your head. Um, Yeah, we're just going to follow up with that and see how many of those four stepped in against the grain of what was going on earlier in the week, that there should be no movement on Francis to something that turned into apparently – Francis would handle it himself, and you're going to get more details on that. Uh, and plenty outstanding there, to be sure. Uh, as we've written before, a couple of those regions in some trouble, and well, I don't want to pile on, and I just want to make this clear again. What we have written, and I want to say this very plainly, what we have written with regards to their own financial interests in their own expenditures on public record. I have taken that up because by the account of Rick Francis's op-ed on August 20, it was essentially said there was a, there was a fiscal disagreement with Bob Duncan and you should trust our fiduciary judgment behind closed doors. Well, fiduciary judgment being trusted blindly can fall on deaf ears if you've got suspect interests involved in your own activity for your own interests in the public square and what's on public record. So we've taken up, and I just want to say this because it's all there, Vista Bank, and three of those regents, one a shareholder, one a chairman of the board, one the CEO, we've taken that up. We've taken up one who is also part of that, what we've called the Vista Trio. Uh, in his own contracts with Texas A&M System there at Tarleton State. And then we've looked at Rick Francis, former chairman, and his own it just there are at least three members of his bank board who've got interests in downtown redevelopment through the ownership and well through participation in a trust, a borderplex trust. And I want to say it's not the aim to go after these guys privately or personally. It was under the assumption 
that Francis was speaking for the board, and none of them came forward in that week after, and then the four weeks that followed, and said, you know, he's not speaking for us. He's speaking for himself. Well, whenever the chairman writes something like he wrote that Bob Duncan was fired over a $5 million disagreement over the course of four years, Bob Duncan is frugal as a Franciscan priest and a guy who um, was a former Senate finance chairman that you're going to hold him in question. Well, okay. So here are some new questions. And I just want to make that clear that, there was sourcing and then there was public information that we worked on. And I want to be clear as to why we moved on some of those things, because that's within the purview. Now that can be brought to the table. And I don't think I have a hard time explaining that to many folks, especially the good listeners of this program. A text line asking, did you also consult Huggy Bear? Yes, Huggy Bear, I failed to mention Huggy Bear, also in that list of sources um, for our conspiracy theories that, to whatever degree, uh, helped bring about the, the resignation of the chairman of the Board of Regents at Texas Tech from the chair position. Huggy Bear, absolutely there. Alex Jones, Tarot Lady, Pee Wee Herman, Creflo Dollar, Tommy Tuberville, Benny Judah. Of course, I say that for liability's sake, all in jest. Uh, listen, we're going to catch a quick break and then come back in with Sarah Self Warbrick, an interview that we recently did just to get you caught up. You guys who've been completely overwhelmed, as have I, with Regent Gate, let's get back in with Rager Gate and see where we still stand there. Let's stick right with us here, get into it. On your other side, some Hank Williams Jr. on a Friday. Love it. Stick with us a couple of minutes. Welcome back in uh, Other Side of Texas, brought to you by the law firm of Mullen, Horden, Brown, LLP, with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Appreciate Mullen, Horden, Brown, LLP. And uh, speaking of somebody else who we appreciate around here, he is State Senator Kel Seliger out of Amarillo. Going to change pace, not going to quite get into Rager Gate quite yet, but he's out on the road. He just became available, so we're going to take him as we're able. Kel Seliger, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Jay. How are you? Well, we appreciate you taking time to uh, jump in. I know that you're running, you're running all over the district right now. I am. I'm doing. I'm in the. I'm. I'm past the middle of 37 town hall meetings, and uh, I was in Tulia, Silverton, Memphis, and Claude this week, and about eight or nine more. And that will be. Then I'll go back to the regular circuit of Rotary clubs, Lions clubs, and things like that. Uh, I've learned on this program, based on listener feedback, to give some context. Kel Selger, a former mayor of Amarillo. Somebody really well thought of in the panhandle. His district is, uh, they call it a dumbbell-shaped district because it goes the upper portion of the panhandle then comes down one county on the Texas uh, Texas New Mexico line and then takes in a lot of the Permian Basin, probably the most oddly-shaped district in Texas. But uh, he is out doing his... Uh, all sorts of 37. So you're about uh, three quarters of the way done? I think about three quarters of the way done, yeah. Um, so, Kel Seliger, let's talk a little bit. You are uh, have served as the chairman of higher education uh, right. in the Texas Senate. So you're plugged in with mo- well, all of the public institutions in the state. I and, hope, yeah. So... You know a thing or two about, let me just ask you for context, 
Have you seen anything like what's gone down at Texas Tech? Is this does this happen with regularity, or was this an outlier in, in uh, specifically the ouster of Bob Duncan? Truly, Jay, it happens occasionally when uh, people who run institutions get crossways philosophically or in some other fashion with their border regents. The border regents feels a need to go and make some changes. Um, University of Texas system is on their third uh, chancellor, I think, in about the last six years. And they've had some really good ones. Um, and, and so this is not all, all that unusual. The situation and the dynamics <clears throat> and some of the explanations are, are all different, it seems like. But the turnover is not unusual. Yeah. Uh, so, so far as the dynamics and the explanation, uh, sometimes even whenever you're removing a regent two or a chancellor two years at a time, there's a better substantiation than what tech is given? Not necessarily. Okay. Don't really have to report that. They don't have to report it to the public. Uh, to a very great extent, they, they're not required to report that to the, the legislature. There can be a lot of problems. They answer probably more directly just for policy and conduct to the governor who appointed them. Um, but, um, it's it is it's sort of it's a contract sort of employment, but when the regions want to make a change, this is in any system they make a change. Yeah. So, as chairman of higher education, what would be your what would be your consultation? Let's say you're holding a, I don't know if there's such a thing, but let's say you're holding a forum with regents from across the state, and you look at a couple of different situations in including tech. Are you going to have a conversation with them about the necessity of transparency and how well, that can backfire if you don't use transparency? You've hit on a simple and fundamental, most important thing there, Jay, is openness and transparency. And and you would say, well, the regions don't really report to the public and things like that, but the support and the faith and the loyalty of, of alumni whether it's in Raider Nation, Longhorn Nation, or Aggie Nation, depends upon all those people in these big, big families feeling, feeling like they're plugged in and they know what's going on at their beloved institutions. And that very often translates into financial support and things like that. What is marking, I think, the tech situation is, is the lack of transparency. People really don't know what went on, and from what I hear, in Lubbock, they're not buying the explanations they've got. They are concerned. It, we This whole thing with the vet school has become very convoluted, and nobody understands what's going on. Quite frankly, it's about time the governor, I think, told people what he thinks and what he ought to be see be done, certainly in the next legislature, because it will probably be done. The last financial pieces going into the tech vet school and the, the tech dental school are not that hard to address at this point, uh, but but people people in legislature think they're not being told everything. Certainly, the loyal folks in in Lubbock and, and alumni of Texas Tech don't think that they really know what's going on, and uh, and why shouldn't they? What is going on that is a matter of such great security, importance, or secrecy that we shouldn't have transparency? But as you can tell. You have, have landed on the single most important thing going on. Not who's hired or fired, not what's built and not built, but the degree to where it is transparent. Yeah. And I think, it, and you've been a colleague and a friend of Bob Duncan for, you know, two decades or more. And uh, uh -huh. I, I think that, you know, just you and I talking with the public listening. It's not wise to oust a guy without good explanation, especially if that guy served, if, if a particular area, Lubbock and the surrounding area, elected him for 25 consecutive years to the Texas legislature. That proves to be somebody who they trust pretty well. And so then transparency becomes more of an onus for a board that wants to remove somebody to the likes of Bob Duncan. I think so, and... And for the sake of full disclosure to your listeners, I'm biased. I, I think Bob Duncan was as capable and more capable than anybody I've served with 
and nobody I know has more integrity. That being said, and, and you and I have discussed this before, if the regions feel the need, need to make a change, then they are, that is their job to do. But I, I think that the people who think so much of that system and the quality of its leadership, when they think that there's something being done that may not be in the best interest of those leadership, there's a great deal of curiosity there. And I think that the regions are better off uh, disclosing that than keeping it to themselves. None of those people who serve on your border regions or any other regions would like people to think that they are either uh, hiding something or not being completely honest, because I think as a rule, they are honest people. But if they have the if people get the impression that they're not entirely honest, who wants to have that kind of of of, of image or something like that? Yeah, uh, Kel Seliger, state senator. Kel Seliger, join us here. Uh, I want to transition over to the vet school, but in that transition requires a pivot. Jerry Hodge has become within, as you say, Red Raider Nation has become a household name. Over the past month, uh, you're a former Amarillo mayor. He's a former, I think he was 34. Now he's 76. So, you know, mm -hmm. uh, four decades ago, but he still deserves that title, former Amarillo mayor. What do you know? What can you tell us about Jerry? People who are curious about this guy um, who stood up and been the most vocally, the most vocal publicly. What do folks need to know about Jerry Hodge? Uh, Jerry Hodge is a community builder. Uh, when we we probably had the, the most successful uh, and one of the largest economic development efforts anywhere in the state uh, in the early 90s. And what I did is, as Councilman Mayor, was built upon the cornerstones and the economic development that were started by Jerry Hodge, um, I think a decade or so before that. So he and I have been friends for a, a long, long time. And, uh, and he's, like I say, he's a community builder and that's where his efforts have been focused for a long time. But as a community builder, maybe we put a, a semicolon beside that. Have you always known Jerry Hodge to put his name on the line like he has in the, what we've called Regent gate step forward and to stand on what he believes and, he, nope. he prefers to be behind the scenes. He will assert himself. He will very strongly support people in, in efforts or oppose them. But uh, he he um, he's not one of those people who goes rushing home to see themselves on the six o'clock news. Okay, so this was this was a rarity. Uh, with yeah, Hodge. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good for folks to know. So, uh, Kel Soldier uh, in Amarillo, all the way down to the Permian Basin. Let's talk about the vet school. You've said what it's pretty simple what needs to be done. How simple is it, and how simple is it politically to get it done? Politically right now, it simply needs to have the final approval of the coordinating board, and and the chancellor's office has been working hard at that. Between the city of Amarillo Economic Development Corporation and Texas Tech and the community, most of the money they need uh, another another several million dollars from the legislature, not nearly the $90 million that, that people were asking me about just a very few weeks ago. But that's really about it. And quite but, frankly... But how many millions, the, Kel? Oh, I think it's 17 or 18. Okay, 17 or 18. And I could be corrected. I'm not the authority. And then... But I what would that go that towards? Just help our thinking here. That's initial construction and establishment and the initial program at the veterinary school. Okay. So and then at some point, the, the governor needs... We lose you. Tend to A and M business and its world class veterinary science program, and Texas Tech needs to do what Texas Tech needs to do, and we need to go on to other things in in higher education. This sort of struggle, interinstitutional struggle, to my knowledge, is unprecedented. Okay, and, and how so? I've never seen one institution, and and clearly, my history doesn't go back that far. But I've never seen a, one institution so actively oppose the expansion of program or anything else in another institution. Even when the University of Texas was going into a huge and expensive academic project 
in Houston, the folks at University of Houston were pretty dismayed by it. Uh, they were confused about what was going to be needed. There was a tremendous lack of transparency in what the University of Texas system instituted. But neither University of Houston nor Texas Southern uh, nor Rice, even though it's a private institution, actively opposed what was going on in Houston. Hmm. Uh, so this, what what we're saying here is, it, the implication is that A and M has been very active in opposing. The, I think so. The yeah. of that school. Okay. And I mean, I've said that as much, but it's another thing for the chairman of higher education to say it. Uh, yeah, well, you haven't missed much. <laughs> so, uh, so whenever you say that we need 17 or 18 and some of that with initial construction, isn't that what the 90 million was a four that has been? I think raised? that's what's the original number, and Tex Tex committed some money. Uh, the city of Amarillo up to I think 69 million dollars. Absolutely, completely out of the box for our economic development system, and. Um, and then the state will do what the state does in, in higher institutions, certainly has a role to play. It's important, Kel Soliger, a couple of clarifications. Would you please tell listeners, we talk about the tech vet school, but it's not a traditional vet school. What is it that tech is after specifically, and how does it differ with what you've called a world-class veterinarian school in College Station? I, I think it's a new model that's built upon large animals, which was always the focus when Bob Duncan and I started this 15 years ago. And uh, they ha have had the, uh, the cooperation of the veterinary school at Oklahoma State and Iowa State to put together what a program like this looks like, what the requirements are both academically, technically, and scientifically. And uh, it, it's an entirely new concept. Um, and it, it's, it's sort of also along the tech model of basic sciences uh, being delivered in one place like Lubbock. The institution itself and a lot of the clinical stuff going on in Amarillo with, and this is really unusual, um, a big inclusion of West Texas A&M, which has some of the best animal science programs anywhere in the country. And it was tech using those, those local facilities. And so what's going to happen is, what's happened this last year is that um, uh, A&M this last year, much to their credit, provided nine spaces in their veterinary school and a $23 million facility for um, uh, West Texas A&M. For, and those are so things that, that would not, I believe, ever happen if it hadn't been for tech. I feel strongly that the new facility, West Texas A&M, ought to be named for Bob Duncan. Uh, so this is good stuff. I've not been asked. I've not been asked. Yeah. No. Well, I, I think I wrote as much in the Dallas Morning News that the least they could do there in West Texas A&M is name a building after Duncan. But whenever you say nine, they opened up nine DVM spots for West Texas so A&M graduates. Yeah, nine, yeah. and I don't think that many students from West Texas A&M have ever been admitted in a year to A&M, and I don't think would have happened would it be without safe, this going. Would it be safe to say that over the last decade there weren't nine taken in from West Texas A&M? Oh, I couldn't begin to tell you that. Okay. But one of the things that Bob Duncan and I talked about at great length, that integrating West Texas A&M in a Texas Tech uh, veterinary school, one of the things that I particularly wanted to see was an emphasis on these young people from West Texas A&M. And quite right, frankly, it'd be nice for University of Texas Permian Base to be included to be admitted to the veterinary school. Okay. Uh, Kel Seliger, I'm going to get you out on this. Go in, well, let's go into Amarillo for a moment. I've been meaning to get to this story. Headline, Amarillo and San Diego announce a two-year affiliation, Amarillo Professional Baseball and the San Diego Padres announced that they have agreed to a player development contract that will run through 2020. So now you've got a double-A team there in Amarillo. You've got the stadium all set, and now this affiliation with the San Diego Padres. 
I want to go to what this team's going to be named, Kill Seliger, and there's a lot of thought that this team could be named Sod Poodles. I don't know who's deciding this. They had a poll-up for some time, and Sod Poodles became one of the categories. Would you please tell us here that you're behind the name Sod Poodles? I think all of the people that are, that are behind the name Sod Poodles are greatly in need of therapy of, of some sort. And, sod poodles being and, a name for prairie dogs. Apparently, the pioneers called them sod poodles. I've never heard that before, but I, I love the name. I grew up in Texas Panhandle, and I'd never heard the name. And uh, so, I guess I need therapy can... too. Oh, Jay, we've been hearing that for years. <laughs> what name but, are you but, behind, Kel Seliger? I don't know yet. I just I've been kind of watching this, and uh, and and I really don't know. I think there's over the years. For various sports teams, we've had the Bulls and the, the Dillas and things like that, all of whom have their merits. I don't really know. But who is one of the driving forces behind AA Baseball in Amarillo? Mayor Jerry Hodge. So, Hodge. we got to get Hodge sure. on to talk about the Poodles. Okay. All right. Uh, Kel Seliger, know that you've been busy. Always great to hear from you. And uh, as we ramp up in the legislature, you won't be a stranger. No, no, I won't. I know I get to see you when you're in Austin. And it's awfully nice of you to have me on. And, and any time that's uh, uh, available and, and convenient, I appreciate it very much. Kel, when was the last time you got mad? Like you started yelling? Oh, I don't do that often. No, you don't. I, People always say that you're the happy warrior. I am kind of the happy warrior. I'm married, so I've been yelled at. Okay. So, okay. Well, she's going to be glad to hear that. Nice dodge there. Nice political move. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Kel Seliger, <laughs> have a great weekend. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jay. Uh, we're going to get to a quick break here and get back in. Going to get you covered up to speed on... Rager Gate, the other gate that is burning. It seems one is dissipating, but the other just starting up. Stick right with us here on your other side. Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, uh, welcome back in. Love it. File Room bringing you this closing segment. Some texts to get into. Also, man, now I want to get Jerry Hodge back on the show. Maybe Jerry and Margaret Hodge onto the show. And even more intriguing to me than are they going to reconsider their $10 million gift to Texas Tech now that things seem to be being made right more intriguing to me is if they've got that kind of power, uh, are they going to back the sod poodles there in Amarillo? This segment, the closing segment here, brought to you by Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock. Do you need documents to be stored or shredded, mostly shredded, in Lubbock and the surrounding area? Well, what do you got? They've been doing it since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate give them a call at lubbockfileroom.com 806-744-7666 perhaps the most effective commercial on all radio in the region lubbock file room i want to bring you now some audio this is about a month old oh hold on the text yes thank you uh what was Beto's opinion of Stormy Daniels and what information was Stormy able to give you about Regent Gate? Reached out to Stormy. <coughs> uh, not nearly the source that Pee Wee Herman and Creflo Dollar were 
those in particular confirm it with Kel, but he's been a UT fan, which is where he and his kids went to school. Right? Wrong, James. That's wrong. Uh, Kel Soliger went to Dartmouth. I believe his boys, at least one of them, have gone to UT. But, I, <laughs> excuse me, I think that you would be hard-pressed to go into the real sources that we have in Regent Gate or anybody at Tech and ask them about what kind of asset and resource he's been for uh, Texas Tech while maintaining impartiality there as the chairman of his his uh, higher education coordinator, I'm sorry, higher education board in the Senate. And they tell you that he's done both remarkably well simultaneously. Glad to clear that up. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll get we'll try to get Stormy on record. The problem is that so many people just don't want to be named as sources, but try to get her on record with our Regent Gate coverage. But for now, uh, something that we have not checked in on, and again, this is Sarah Self Warbrick. An interview that we did about a month ago, and not much has changed since that time. There have been a couple of things, another lawsuit by Vista Bank, and then some some hearings, but this is the meat of the matter as we head into next week as what's going on with Regergate. Regergate seems to be kind of like the rain in West Texas and Texas as a whole. It's either a torrential downpour or it's an outright drought it has been a drought with Regergate, but to get you up to the latest want to take you back a month ago and please remember while you're reading this she'll give reference to yesterday or this day of the week this was about a month ago here on other side of texas sarah self warbrick lubbock avalanche journal sarah self warbrick the hardest working woman in lubbock texas right now how are you sarah Oh, Sarah, I'm sorry. Are you there now? I am. Can you okay. Hear you? Got you now. Okay, good deal. Happy Friday. Yeah. Hey, but not so a, a news dump. Anything new there on, you know, golly, we, we got all this stuff out there, and I just have to, I have you on notification. Anytime you tweet, it comes up on my phone. That's just. Well, thank you. That's the place to which we, you can follow her, by the way, Sarah from the AJ there on Twitter. Um, any breaking news for us there, Sarah? Okay. So I do have an update this afternoon. Um, this was related to me from our court reporter at the AJ, Gabe Monty. I took off early today, but he called me about 15 minutes ago to let me know that Ford Motor Credit Co. has amended their original lawsuit against oh, Rager Dyke. Oh, amended? To, that means they are suing the entities that have not filed for bankruptcy. Whoa. So it's and Bart Rager and Rick Dyke. Well, okay, say it again. We put the, hold on, hold on. The breaking news music came in over you. They have amended not their Correct. facts or their claims. They have amended who they're going after. That is correct. Wow. And this, is not, this is not unexpected. They said after the um, motion for relief was filed, or stay of relief, excuse me, um, they said that this would be what they would do. So today was actually the deadline for them to do it. So um, they got it in there. So not unexpected, but we'll see what happens from there. Wow. So how does that change the trajectory of what we've seen thus far? That is a good question. Um, so, okay, so looking back over the past few weeks, first Ford filed this lawsuit. Mm -hmm. The next day, less than 24 hours later, six Rager Dice entities filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. Because of the bankruptcies, the lawsuit basically got put on hold. Mm -hmm. So basically, this is gets that back in action against these entities that Ford can. Okay, so help me with this. My understanding mm -hmm. initially, Ford Motor Credit files claim against, or is it nine? What's the what's the difference, and where do we get the difference here? I, I thought it was that Ford Motor Credit came after nine entities. Is that not right, or did they come after I think them? It's 
I think it's they came after six entities. Gotcha. There are nine total. Okay, nine total. And so yeah. it was, again, we were playing the breaking news music over you there, but it is, yeah. uh, what is the difference between the six and the nine? It's Bart Rager and Rick Dykes and? Three dealerships. Okay, all right. Everyone that has a file for bankruptcy, basically. So one entity that has three dealerships underneath it. I, again, this is all relayed to me, so I yeah. haven't seen the exact filing, but they have it broken up to where, you know, we had Rager Dykes, Floyd Adef, Rager Dykes, Plainview. Mm-hmm. So some of those had different locations. Um, I think Rager Dykes Amarillo has two locations. Yeah. But um, I know three entities and Bart and Rick are now being sued by Ford. Okay. All right. So the week that was, you know, I think that, yeah. listen, I think that what we've seen this week, you and I, mm-hmm. and I'm not claiming I've worked harder this week than you. By any <laughs> You've means. worked hard. Give yourself some credit. But I will say this. Um, however hard it was, it wasn't as bad as John Steinmetz's week. Tell us a little bit. I mean, so we just got into Regent Gate, and now mm-hmm. we're into um, – Rager Gate, and there's one yeah. name, like, if, if there are, like, two storms clashing, that's, one place you don't want to be is in the Venn diagram of both of those storms, and so Steinmetz certainly making a lot of news this week as a no vote, a no confidence vote that wasn't a vote in, mm-hmm. in Regent Gate, and tell us a little bit about the lawsuits between that Vista Bank put up towards First Capital out of Lubbock and then um, what First Capital's response was. Okay, I can do that. So earlier this week, Vista Bank filed against against First Capital Bank, um, basically saying that that First Capital owes Vista around $6 million because of checks that couldn't have be cashed related to Rager Dykes. Okay. That's the very basic overview. In this lawsuit, they are alleging a check-kiting scheme, which is a federal offense. Um, putting it very basically, it's not this is as basic as I can get it, check-kiting takes advantage of the time that it takes a check to process. So you're mm-hmm. moving money around while you're waiting for these checks to officially go through. A federal penalty. Uh, I mean, it's punishable by federal law. Okay. It is. So that's putting it all very, very basically. Um, First Capital has come back and said that this is absolutely not true, uh, that they followed procedures. Um, In the initial filing from VISTA, they accused First Capital of having insider information because of Rick Dyke's relationship with the bank, they said that they were tipped off and were able to protect themselves and mm-hmm. put Vista in a bad spot. Um, First Capital has come back and said that was not true and that they didn't do anything until things were publicly filed. Yeah. So let me ask you this. And I need to ask this because I just, I'm asking, and maybe you break more news here, but. How much, like, I'm hearing rumors that I don't think it's going to be uncommon. And, sorry, we're going to go Lubbock-based for just a moment, but it is definitely mm-hmm. a regional and becoming a statewide story. Mm-hmm. How I hear a lot of banks, what I'm learning, and this is like banks that you wouldn't even think would be involved, are in the whole like a million. And it's going to be several banks that were involved in all this. But I've mm-hmm. heard that Vista is... Not only down the $6 million that's involved in this lawsuit, which, by the way, I'm just – let me make this comment, and you don't have to respond. I'm not a banker. Okay. I just play one on the radio. But if I'm getting kited $6 million by one entity and that money's supposed to come, supposed to come, never comes, uh, number one, I'm wondering who inside is doing the job. And number two, uh, I'm wondering why I never called – that respective client and said, hey, uh, why don't you just start wiring me money? Um, but what I've heard is that Vista, and I wonder if you can substantiate this, Vista may be down $19 million in addition to the six? I have not heard anything confirming that. Okay. All right. 
Well, I just wanted to ask that question in the interest of the uh-huh. larger stories and how they have overlap. So tell us a little bit as we have you for the next three, four minutes here. Sarah uh-huh. Self Warbrick of the Avalanche Journal. Why don't uh, you tell us what you think is shaping up in the week to come? Obviously, we'll get now that this original lawsuit hasn't been amended. That's another thing that I will be checking uh, multiple times every hour for an update. So that's back in motion. I'm sure we will get um, court dates, things like that, pretty quick. Um, Wait, really what, what court point, date? Which court date again? For the original lawsuit, Ford versus Rager Dyke. Okay, all right. I'm assuming that'll start moving well it'll we will start moving again so we should be seeing um, new documents filed things like that pretty mm-hmm. quick uh, from what i'm expecting um also in the next week and we're starting to see people file or entities businesses file um different claims on the bankruptcy um different interested parties coming forward things like that so mm-hmm. i don't see that slowing down anytime soon so just kind of going with that Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a bankruptcy court hearing yesterday. Um, it was very uneventful. Um, we were out <laughs> in 30 minutes. Um, so they were, uh, Rick Gags was given permission to temporarily hire a CRO to kind of get things in order, shape things up. Um, and then they were also granted the funds to operate for another two weeks. So mm-hmm. we'll be back in bankruptcy court on August 30th. Um, wow. There are a few other motions on the docket for that court date. Wow. So you and I, I remember the first time you came on the program. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you remember remember we were talking and I said, Sarah, I don't think this is going to a year from now. We're going to be talking about that. Do you think that's still plausible? The over under being next August that you're going to be calling in the other side of Texas. And we're so grateful that you do. But this thing could drag out a very long time. It definitely could. So just looking at typical Chapter 11 bankruptcy procedures, um, there are incentives to have that wrapped up within 18 months. Um, but that's 18 months for now. That's still a year and a half. So, um, like, we're, like we'll we're, we're looking happens. at 2020 in the eye by that point. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, basically. Yeah. Man, that is some crazy stuff. Hey, she is at Sarah from the AJ on Twitter. Just go to there, and there's like this bell with a plus sign on it. Tap on that, and you'll get a notification anytime she tweets. If you are interested in the news that everybody's interested in, and that is the news surrounding Rager Gate. Hey, uh, thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much, Jay. Do I appreciate you, it. Have a great weekend. Do you, do you like the theme music? I like it. Okay. It's good. Yeah. I think we got that from Nixon or something. Where, where did you get that from? <laughs> something like that. A lot of fun. Good All deal. Right. Uh, she is Sarah Self Warbrick. Follow her along there at Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Have a good, great weekend. Thanks, you des- Jay. You as well. You certainly do uh, deserve one. Uh, Sarah Self Warbrick there. Hey, uh, uh, there's... Uh, not much has changed over that last month, and I just wanted to give that out for folks. I've had people ask, what's the latest? It's still just about there, and uh, maybe some of that will begin to change. And I'll throw this out. If you've got information, uh, sources, and their anonymity, guaranteed, Jay at Other Side of Texas. That's how you can get a hold of us me, uh, Jay at Other Side of Texas. Uh, Speaking of Other Side of Texas, thanks for tuning in. Next week, we're going to have a full slate and uh, get into more of what we hear about Regent Gate. Is it still a thing? Is it dissipating? Plenty to come on that. Maybe Ted Mitchell, new chancellor, will the sole finalist he's got to wait another 20 days to be named as chancellor next week but selena zito a washington examiner you've read her stuff in a lot of different places some of these stuff i read constantly i think that she's a great voice and makes me think she'll be on the program as well as scott braddock ross ramsey and others next week again 
the full slate coming up, and we appreciate you tuning in. Gonna get home, gotta get home, and I really have to get home because Mrs. Leeson has taken our daughter, our 11 year old, got surprised today, taken out of school suddenly. Uh, because she's going to see Taylor Swift, and uh, they are in Dallas, I believe, heading to the arena now to see Taylor Swift. So I'll just get notifications all night long about what's happened with the bank account, but I really hope that they have a great time, and I hope that you have a great weekend as well. Catch you next week right here on the most listened to program in west texas thanks for making it what it is you got show thoughts you got stories that we should follow again i'll give you that email address j at other side of texas.com go to the uh the itunes app on your apple phone or to google play or stitcher and you can sign up have this program delivered to you for free that's right for free and again Thanks for making this worthwhile, riding along with us here on the other side where we will keep on raving on. We'll see you next episode right here, AM 580.